Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. up this morning looking for my shoes look behind the trunk found the hesitation blues lordy tell me how long lordy tell me how long will i have to wait will i have to wait can i get you now can i get you now must i hesitate Take me rock away from here, Lordy. Tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? Everybody, this is Edward X. Young, Grindhouse Horror Film 
man. More about that another time. I'm here to join Francie on our show, and I'm on the road. I'm coming. I've been on the, I'm driving for. I've been driving for over seven hours nonstop. I'm coming back from a high school. Wow. Uh, not and yet. how do you um, not have highway hypnosis right now? Oh, well, a cop did pull me over a few minutes ago because he said I was wavering a bit. I apologize. Oh, man, that would have been that, great if that was live. He saw that I was sober. He let me go. Good thing I wasn't on the phone with you then. That would have been against the law. But uh, I'm with you now. <laughs> I'm, I fuck your guest. I got to admit, I'm very tired. I'm And, it, and this is the East Coast. It's already 11 p.m. here. I might not be with you for the whole show. When I finally get home, I okay. might say, look, I can go. I got to go in the house and crash. I'm tired. But I'm still on the road for at least another half hour, 45 minutes. Here I okay. am. Uh, All right. He's dedicated. Um, now, let me let me pronounce, because I had a hard time pronouncing it. It's Harry Shinsky. And if I did that wrong, he's going to yell at me when he comes on, because we practice that. <laughs> this afternoon, uh, I'm, I'm so right here. Harry... I'm listening. I'm listening to every word you're saying. Did I do it saying, right? right? <laughs> yeah, you said it great. Did I do it right? You did it right. Yes. Did a fantastic now, job. Now, just 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 one second, uh, Edward. Congratulations yeah. on your nomination. That nomination, I've been elected, baby. I'm a member of the. Uh, oh, yeah, that's I'm an official, right. I'm, a, I'm an elected. I'm an elected official of the Republican Party. I'm a committee member of Ocean County, New Jersey. Now, now I'll, I'll rule with an iron fist and smash progressive liberalism. But no, seriously, I'm an elected official. Having a great time. I'll be having dinner with Duke Gingrich next week. By the way, uh, oh, I'm, nice. in the east, I'm in the East Coast, and you're out there on the left coast in Northern California. I, it, it, is it dark where you are yet? Probably not, right? No, we still got plenty of sunlight. And, uh, Harry, I believe you're over here on the West Coast also, right? Phoenix. Ah, I'm out of Phoenix. So you still got plenty of sunshine, too. Well, I don't know. Uh, you're we're starting we're to get dark now. Well, I don't know if you're going to get what we're getting out here, but I'm driving, and this is absolutely beautiful and creepy at the same time. We have a blood moon. I wonder if you'll see it where you are. The moon is rising on the uh, the moon is coming over the horizon. It is absolutely blood red in the sky, like something out of a horror movie. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, nice. It's wild. I wonder if you'll Hopefully see. We'll I think I think you I think the way it's situated. I think when night falls, uh, if you look to the eastern skies, I think you may see the blood moon also, and it's something to behold. Yeah, yesterday, it, last night, it was kind of red. Wouldn't you say, Harry, did you look at the full moon last night, and it was kind of red oh, also? Oh, yeah, it was Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. In yeah. fact, I took some shots of it. Yeah. Okay, I, right now, I can see it over the skyline of New York City. Blood red moon. It's, it's wild. Looks like, it, uh, looks, like it, looks like it could be the planet Mars getting real, real, real close. Uh, but I, I imagine you'll, you might see it again, too, in your area. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, it was it was a real bright yellowish red. I mean, orangish yeah. red uh, last night. In fact, Nick seen it first because he's taller than me, and he's like, "Look at hey, the moon." Well, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. Anyhow, back oh, from my, uh, my my high school reunion. 
Oh, nice. I don't know what happened to all these kids I went to school with. They're all like old now. I can't figure it out. <laughs> you mind? You mind if I if, mind if I ask you uh, which reunion it is? Your wife? For forty years, man. Forty years. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yep. <laughs> I think I'm almost there too. Oh my gosh, where did it go? It's rather surreal. It really is. Yes, it is. Wow. That's why I don't go yeah, with I anymore. Think... I stopped. Uh, go back. Yeah, look. Uh, uh, it, it, it's your youth. You've got to connect to it. And I, I freaked everybody out because I'm, I'm working on this new movie for Pete Jack alone, The Killer Clown Meets the Candy Man. And I, and I, and I, I have an Elvis look now. I've dyed my hair black, and I've got mutton chop sideburns. They're looking at me like, oh. some of them were saying, who the fuck are you? They were like, what the fuck did you do to yourself? You lose your mind, but it's the character I'm playing in the movie. Nice. See, so you're you're in the same age bracket then, right? Right. Yes. Do ya? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna guess around fifty-eight. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm yes. I'm act, I'm acting in a true crime uh, uh, drama, like a, well, a horror drama, but a true crime story. I'm playing a. Uh, Dean Coral, the Texas Candyman killer, who uh, who was killed before he was able to get arrested in 1973. He killed uh, at least 28 victims. You might remember it. We would have been in like eighth grade at the time when this happened. You might remember it. It was a pretty you know, horrible. No, I, I don't. I don't remember. He was known as the man with crazy? the candy. But let's hear about your movie now. What you're doing? Which one? Well, I'm, you're, uh, you're the you're the interview. You're the interview subject tonight. I didn't mean to step on your toes. But I just. Well, I, I, I think I was stepping on yours. I think I was supposed to be quiet. Get back, but I just couldn't uh, help uh, it. You know. I had to introduce myself, and you know, like I said, my, my brain is. I've been driving without without stopping for over seven hours now. It's starting to get to me, but I'll, I'll be home within the hour. Were you? Uh, well, were you here's serious? here's why you saying which one. Um, because Harry, you've actually been in the movie business for thirty-six years. Correct. Right. Wow. And, Long time. Uh, it was just I got out and of the service. One of basically. them, um, you shooting shooting with a wind up the bell with Howell sixteen millimeter cameras out of sight of who you were on the side of a helicopter. Right. Filming. Yeah, yeah I was a. Yeah, I was a I was a uh, what they call a motion picture specialist during the Vietnam War. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's what I did. But I was only I was only in country for two weeks, so you know I did I I, I basically filmed the uh, withdrawal out of Saigon. I was like 19 years old, just a little kid, you know. So that's what got yeah. me started in this business. So. But I was I've been in the business yeah. off and on, you know, you know, in and out. That was the very end That was like the withdrawal you're talking about, right? Yeah, right That was during the fall of Saigon Yeah, you saw all the, all the shit coming down, you know? Yeah, it was pretty wild You know, it was pretty wild you weren't I don't talk about any, it a lot but You weren't involved in any Russian roulette games, were you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it wasn't No, I was no, no. 
I'm just a, no, I was, I'm, I'm evoking the deer hunter. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, you know, no, yeah, all I did was shoot film out of the side of the camera, you know, side of a fleetly. That's Edward, about the only thing funny. I shot. You deer hunter, I think, uh, remember, you guys remember the show King of the Hill? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Dale, he was late coming home, and Nancy was like, where you been, Shug? I've been waiting for you for hours. And he goes, oh, I was at the gun club playing Russian roulette. Did you win? <laughs> well, apparently you, you don't win, know the yeah. rules. Russian roulette? No, Shug. Yeah, I won. <laughs> I'm sorry. That yeah. that went through my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You guys are having a great conversation. I killed it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed King of the Hill. In fact, funny you should mention that in the movie I'm doing, uh, we have we have a with the kill the, the this trio of serial killers and an intended victim. And it takes place in Texas. It was my, I'm the co-writer of this movie. It was my idea to uh, have them hanging out in the street corner talking, just like King of the Hill. So we actually sort of duplicated the scene, like the way Mike Judge's cartoon began. Only it ends with a murder. No, I, <laughs> so, I, 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 enjoyed that, that I enjoyed that show. And Beavis and Butthead was great, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that one, too. Yeah. King yeah. of the Hill is hands down my all-time favorite show. When I found out that it was coming on Adult Swim every night, that was the happiest day of my life. <laughs> Honestly, I, I danced. Yeah, you know, okay, the, okay. We, I still watch it at night when I can't sleep. I'll turn it on. Because you can get it on oh, Netflix. Yeah, too, so. yeah Netflix, uh, all that. Oh, yeah, I love yep. it. I, I could not imagine life without King of the Hill. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. there's our weak spot. So what, what, what was the one point in your life that you decided that you wanted to make a career out of this. And when you were thinking about it, did you ever think to yourself, 36 years later, you would still be doing it? No. No. But you got to understand, the film business has changed so much. It's not anything like it used to be. Um, you know, 15 years ago and beyond was a totally different system than what there is today. And... Um, I think it's a better system today in certain respects, and I think it's a, be- a worse system in some respects. So uh, it just depends on how you want to look at this. You know, I'm a film guy who loves shooting film, real film. I don't like shooting digital, but oh yeah, I hear that a lot. Of the budget, oh yeah, because I I have I have uh, 35 millimeter cameras and 16 millimeter cameras and all these all this equipment. And I can't use it anymore. Because it's just too darn expensive to yeah, shoot that way anymore. You can't buy the equipment. Nobody makes the cameras or the projectors. And if if your equipment breaks, there's there's no way they can repair it. You know, nobody's got parts. I mean, it's uh, it's just sadly film was beautiful, but film. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I, I'm also a film critic, and I write, and I refuse, I refuse to call them films anymore. I said, you know, it's no longer shot on film. It's it's a picture. It's a picture or a motion picture. Hollywood, they don't don't even call it films anymore. They call them pictures. Or you can even say movies, but they're not films. But that's why I think we ought to change the title. I live here in New York. They really ought to change the title of the, every autumn they have at Lincoln Center, the New York Film Festival. 
not film, and they're not showing him in film. And and film had a film had a beauty, and well, you know, I, I used to be a filmmaker with film. I, I studied filmmaking in college. I, I love being able to tangibly hold the film in my hands, to hold the image between my fingers. Like, you know, I'm good. This is something I can relate to because I was a projectionist and I was a theater manager for so many years. You know, we oh, had really? to carry those film reels up the stairs in those tin cans. You got to put them together and you kind of felt like an editor. You're like looking at it, you're like, oh, I got a slice reel. What? Yeah, you're absolutely right. There is nothing compared to holding film in your hands and actually having to look at the photos, measure them up, facing them. Does that make sense? I put in my description yes. sense? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, because when I, and now what they're doing now is thinking about putting satellite dishes on top of a movie theater. And they just mm-hmm. beam the movies down into your satellite, and you just press a button, and now it's going to be shown in the auditorium. So the projector yeah, and you is know no that's the, there's, there. there's a reason for that. There's a big reason for that. You know, it has to do with money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, because the theater owners right now can go ahead and project the image onto the screen and not tell the distribution company that they showed it at the box office they can get away with not paying the receipts. So what they want to do from now on is beam it into the theater, and the theater pays almost for a projection. So it's, it's, all, it's all a monetary thing. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really getting weird. Man. Well, yeah, I can, I can, I can see that part of the aspect. Become very elite. I mean, in the actual like theaters, like malls and multiplexes and, and theaters, uh, there's there's all you're not going to see indie movies there anymore like you used to. Maverick yeah. and these all the big studio movies. I worked in indie cinema, independent films, I- independent for our listeners don't know what indie means. But uh, well, both of these guys they're, they're making money at it. Uh, they know it'll never be in a theater, and they aren't even producing DVDs anymore. They're making their money off of direct downloads. You know, people will pay per view. Uh, like by, by a friend of mine makes very violent horror movies. He'll he'll market them to sites that that promote very violent horror movies, down and dirty kind of horror films. And people will pay for like five dollars a view. That's where the money is now. They, they, in fact, with the new technology, uh, everything's kind of like in shambles. Nobody really knows how to do it. There's a lot of piracy going on. Uh, have difficult money at this business. I know so many of these directors who are now doing it because they've got a calling to make movies, but they're, but they're almost never making profit in any of their projects. That's kind of no. unfortunate. No, not unless you got a really decent distributor, are you going to make that much money out of it? You'll be lucky if you break even. You know, and even if you, I, you know. It's, about a decade ago, when I was having a conversation with George Romero, who we just lost yeah. in the past year, the creator of Night of the Living Dead, he, he, he kind of explained the difference. He said, back when we were making you know, Night of the Living Dead back in the 60s, back then it was really hard to make a movie. He said it was a major achievement. People actually finished a project. So many projects got shelved. They were shot on film. 
Night of the Living Dead, they shot over a year, stopping and starting again, running out of money, running out of film stock. Wow. But he said back then, if you finished a movie, you were guaranteed it was going to be distributed. It would be shown in the drive-in, shown on late-night TV, shown in theaters. If you managed to complete the movie, it would get distributed. You'd almost certainly get some money back. And if it was really good, you'd get a lot of money back. So nowadays, it's easy to make a film with the new technology, portable cameras, and you can make great films that look really good, much cheaper. You can, with the new technology, it can mimic the 35-millimeter beauty. But now there's so much of a glut of product that now you got these finished products, and like you were saying, you, these filmmakers, they can't find distributors. They end up like selling their own products at conventions at tables or or just giving them away to anybody to get them the hell out there. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a mess, I'd say. I don't know. Well, you know, you one know, of the deals is one of the deals is you've got to you've got to have a distributor before you start your movie. And I try to tell that to a lot of college kids when I go. Yeah. So I do a lot of talking at universities and colleges sometimes, and I tell them you've got to get a distributor first. And they don't understand that. I said, everybody's doing it backwards. They're making a film, and then they're trying to find a distributor. It's the other way around. You want to find a distributor and then make your film. And the reason for that is because you want to know what you're going to be able to do with that film after it's made and what's the possibility of you making your money back. And because they don't give up front payments anymore. So there's a whole there's a whole new way of doing this. So there's a way. You can be profitable with this. But you have to go about it a specific way now. You know, it's not like it was yeah, in the exactly. old days, just like what you said. You know, just it's not that way. Man. It's just just a whole different, uh, it's a whole different set of values, a whole different way of, of, of presenting yourself in the film, and what's good, what you're going to do. And it's it's hard, but again, again, but then again, if you do it correctly, you can make some money at this. You know, uh, you're not going to make a million dollars, but you can make some money at this. And I try to tell everybody in the school to try to keep their films under forty thousand dollars to start. Oh yeah, so, I know. Thinkers just blow it. They go overboard with their first movie, and they put themselves exactly. permanently in the red, and then they never make another movie. Right, right. You know, and I, I, I kind of go into a whole system on how you go about doing this because there's just so many kids out there that I've, I've come across their movies, and their movies are good. The problem is, is that they're not made for the distribution system because there's so many different types of distributors out there nowadays. There's horror, there's, you know, there's those that do love stories and there's those that do like, you know, musicals and TV only. And, you know, they're just all, you know, it's just the whole gamut anymore. So you kind of have to go look for a distributor to find out which distributor would be interested in your, in your idea before you even film it. Now, they're not going to give you any money. <laughs> I get it. But what they will do nope. is take you by the hand and walk you through and make sure that that movie fits their, the type of film they want so they can distribute it and make money with it. And that's the whole reason why you want to find a distributor before you make the film. I mean, does, does that make any sense? That, that's kind of true because uh, Nick, uh, my fiancé, he's, he's a book publisher. And, you know – right. He, he 
he goes through the same steps also. It's like, okay, you're presenting me my you're presenting me this book and I'm gonna read it and if I feel like I'm gonna make money off of it, you're not gonna pay me, but I'll hold your hand. But you know, he doesn't charge to get the book published, but you know, if he believes in it, he's gonna hold your hand, he's gonna give you all the supplies you need, he's gonna publish it underneath his name and he's going to try his damnedest to make something out of it. So, yeah, it's right. kind of like with the book publishing business also. It's the same way. That way they're vested in your project. And that's what you want. You yeah, want somebody who's vested in your, in your project to help you out. You know. Because they well, believe in you. Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you also say, yes, it's great to get the distributor, but also before you make a movie, before you start writing your script, uh, I think I think a lot of young filmmakers are like this mistake. Shouldn't you also determine what is your target audience? Because I find too many young filmmakers making movies that might be good, but they're they're extremely personal. And when they're done, I'm like, yeah, that's a great movie, but uh, who's going to pay to see this? Who wants to see this? Did you consider who the hell your audience is? That it's looking like they're looking for this particular product, and that's often they they miss the mark on that too. Yeah, that's why you fall back on a distributor, because they know who they're they know who they're who they're who they're going to pro- approach with your film. They know how to sell that type of film, and they know what they want to what they want to do with the film. So uh, that's why you want to try to get that distributor first. You know, but I'm like, now, are, I, you, are you are you making your living exclusively movie making? I think you can use the word tell, tell me more, or do you have a a side job, a day job. Be sure the income no. comes in. No, this is all I do. Well, well God bless you, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is it. I well, mean, you got to understand. You got to understand. I also help filmmakers find distribution too. So yeah, I, mean, yeah, I help you. Help you wouldn't say I copped out, but I mean I reached a point a few years ago where I'm look, I'm getting old, and I got to be sure I got the money in the bank. I work my Monday through Friday day job. My boss is flexible. I occasionally get time off, but I, the word is out. I'm a I'm a weekend warrior filmmaker now, with a few rare exceptions. But I I'm telling them, look, I'm, I'm getting old. I got to get some money in the bank. I, I'm I'm tired of struggling and and taking the gamble. It's, it's hard. It's it's hard. Ninety nine point nine percent of the filmmakers have to work outside the profession. Which which is what happens happens to me. Yes, I. I gave in. Just have to, <laughs> you know. Um, that's just the way it is. You know, it's just the way it is. And um, I, 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 I basically help filmmakers find distribution, and of course, I get you know a little bit out of that. So there's there's a whole there's a whole business there too. So you know, I'm not just making movies, man. Okay. So you know, you you have to do something else. You have to in order to survive anymore. Uh, everybody thinks be in the movies you make millions of dollars. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. Outside of Hollywood, independent filmmakers are probably to me. I love independent filmmakers because they're the true artists, whereas, you know, Hollywood films are more, um, you know, industrial company. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. I, I've always said that too because. Seems like independent filmmakers puts more of their guts, their blood, and their tears in it, more than somebody with like you know 
$30 million to blow on a movie. Now, oh, yeah. here you got the filmmaker, and like you, like let's say $40,000 is the budget. And, you know, yeah. he's got a, I mean, his fingers are bleeding with every dollar bill that comes out. And he yeah, wants well, to make yeah. this perfect. So, yeah, I, I always thought that also, like, the independent filmmaker who is putting in literally his blood is on that film. Definitely. I believe they are the true ones. As a film critic, I can also tell you, the problem with Hollywood now is that uh, the art of screenwriting is dead. The great geniuses like Patty Chayefsky are gone. Scripts are now written by a team of accountants trying to calculate how we're going to appeal to the largest base. I mean, and they're just redoing old material. They don't want to write anything new. Oh, yeah. How many times do you have to say, oh, another remake, really? The only only guts or balls left are like an indie cinema. At least you get them a buyer there. They're out there trying to say something. Yeah. I I totally agree with that. Yeah, like... uh, I have to tell this little story. In fact, I thought this was hilarious. We were watching, oh, oh, dang it, I just lost the name of the movie now that I'm thinking about it. The Clash of the Titans. Remember they remade that one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they remade I just watched the remake. Clash of the Titans, we went to go see in the theaters, honey? I'm not sure. With Medusa? Yeah. Okay, remember they remade Clash of the Titans? And yeah. it was a remake, of course. Everybody knows that. They on on the previews they showed the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, and this guy screams out, "Why are you ruining the classics? Why are you remaking a movie?" And I'm just looked at Nick, and I'm like, "We're watching a remake right now. We just paid for one." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why did you? <laughs> It's like, do you know that this is remade, or were you just stupid? <laughs> also, also a guy screen. actually screened that out after the commercial. But and the I just kind of looked at Nick, and I was like, I kind of want to see it. <laughs> but why did but he just screen that out when we're watching a remake of a classic? But the difference between actual film and the new technology, the original Clash of the Titans was shot on film. And all the special effects were like incredibly beautiful art by Ray Harryhausen with, you know, his uh, pixelated figures. I mean, you actually had to create these creatures and, and actually photograph them. It, 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 it's, yeah. To me, it's, it, it, to bring these, these, these models, these clay creatures to life, just seems a lot more exciting than watching uh, CGI mythological uh, uh, yeah. pictures created on a computer. A lot more blood, yeah, sweat, and tears went into that one. Look, look, I prefer analog sound. I like my, mu- my, my music on vinyl. I like it a little scratchy, too. Oh, <laughs> you know. don't get Nick on vinyl. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I like the scratches and pops. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. when you watch a movie, I just, there's something about it. It gives you that uh, theater kind of experience in a way. You know, I just, I really... Especially that little dot on the, on the uh, right hand of the screen. Yeah. Yeah, and then it yeah, happens yeah, two seconds later. Love that thought. Yeah, that's 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 the <laughs> that's, changing that's real That's the market. old movie theater yeah. saying real change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that stuff. 
Yeah, I know. You just can't. But you know, I, I was the I love the smell, the smells and the textile, you know, feel from it, it's just, you know, it's a totally different time. You know, it was just a totally yeah, different time. And, and the people were different too. People uh you know, understand that. And the last film I made was full of people that were from um you know, the new way of making pictures. They had never even picked up a a real film camera or lights, lighting meter or anything like that. And I made a joke, you know, check the gate. And that's an old film, that's an old filmmaking uh, term for you open, you actually open the camera up and check the gate for hair and dirt, you know, so it doesn't get on the film. And that was an old thing. And everybody turned and looked at me and I just said, forget it. You just don't get it. (laughs) You know, it's way over there. It just went right over their head. And these were film students, you know. A lot of them. So that's kind of strange. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I really wanted to dive into film. In fact, I I was going I was going I decided not to spend all my money on a four year university. I was going to a two year community college, save some money because I've got the same school books I would if I went to the four year university to get my my degree in uh, film and media and movie making and all that, but I decided to come to California. Well, you know, let me say something about this, okay? Oh, I was making a joke, though. I don't regret it. I love Nick. Yeah, let me say something about that because I have something to say about that. Going to films, going going to college and going to film school is a really good thing to do. The people that are making movies today are are basically what I call digital technicians. They can tell you everything in the world about the camera. They can tell you how it works. They know how to point it. They know everything about it. But when it comes to knowing how to cut a film like in the old days or knowing the flow of a a scene or understanding the lighting and how to make it more creepy or anything like that, it's over their head. And they learn that at the colleges. But they also learn, of course, the new, um, you know, Software and stuff like that, which is okay, and that's only gonna that's only gonna get you along for about five six years. Then they're gonna change it anyway. But you really need yeah. film theory. You need film theory. You need you know editing classes. And if you get into a good college, you can actually have classes with some of the best directors and some of the best editors there are out there because they'll come in and do talks. So I think it's really good that if a filmmaker really wants to understand and learn the craft. They need to go to a school if they can, you know. Um, yeah, I was I was, I was going to go to a full cell university where Oliver Stone it comes in mm-hmm. once a year, right. and uh, for the graduating classes, he he takes actually the students. In fact, he took 120 of them from Full Sail University and uh, put them in charge of editing of natural born killers. Oh, and cool. it turned yeah. out to be the most edited movie in history. <laughs> because you had That's 120 cool. students graduating from Full Sail University in a room and saying, nope, we need to do this. Nope, we need to do this. Right. Right. And it turned out yeah. to be a great movie. Sure, yeah. Well, what, was your, what, what type of movies do you really like? Horror and I like comedy. Yeah, that's pretty much. I, I don't. You know, I don't I like the big monsters. Like Nick, he he gets mad at me. Why won't you watch? You know, like 
Primal, whatever, all these, like, uh, Marvel comic movies with him. I'm like, I'm just yeah. not into this. I, I would prefer, like, great horror movie. Um, like, I love Stigmata. A lot of people didn't like Stigmata. I love Stigmata with uh, Gabriel Byrne yeah. and Patricia Arquette. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah, movie. Great storyline. Yeah, I mean, yeah. See, I like those kind of movies. And then I also like um, Step Brothers. You know, I love right. John C. Uh, Riley. I love Will Ferrell. I love all those guys. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, I like to do that. You know, it's funny. I, I uh, these movies that I make are mostly horror pictures, and uh, I I tend to not watch them. I tend to watch other things like a lot of period movies and uh, you know stuff like that. I I'm not. I I watch a lot of horror, but I make it. And my wife. She won't watch a horror movie uh, at all. Cause she doesn't. She just gets scared. Even though she makes them, because she's there helping me. You know, when we're doing it, because we're a company. She knows how everything's done. Yeah. She knows how it's. She knows it all. She knows every. But to watch, to actually watch it, she can't do it. Just won't do it. Wow, that is. Isn't funny. that funny? Yeah, it is. It is. Funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do so you ever say, honey, one time, one time? Yeah, I do, but it doesn't you, happen, man. It's, you know, because there's something I want to really <laughs> see because I want to study a new director or whatever. And, you know, it's, no, I have to, I'll watch that usually by myself, you know. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, that's yeah, Nikki. And I, I would be interested to know, I would be interested to know what your audience, um, you know, what, what their preferences are when it comes to movies, you know, because let's face it, most low independent films are are mostly horror pictures. Yeah. um, That's pretty much our film genre. I would say so. Wouldn't you say so, Ed? We have, uh, I've I've acted in over a hundred horror pictures. I love horror. I'm glad I got typecast in horror. Those are my favorite, but actually a lot of my favorite movies, like you were saying, a lot of my favorite movies, if you're asking my favorite movies, they're, or favorite films, because they were films, are not horror movies at all. My, my my favorite film was probably Sam Peckinpah's The Wild Bunch. Yeah, that's, that's a good yeah. And also, yeah. I really dig Roman Polanski's Chinatown. is a great movie. Oh, yeah, the that's best, a fabulous film. Yeah. The best noir ever made. But, I mean, but you know, I, you know, I've seen Night of the Living Dead about 200 times, probably. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, well. Join the club. <laughs> I mean, that's like standard study material, man. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's horror movie 101 right there. Like, yeah, if you, you know, have not watched I, it, then I, you are I, kicked I, out of the horror club. Like, pack your bags, exactly. get out. You are yeah, not wanted. When I was in my <laughs> senior year of college at Seton Hall University studying film and television production, in my senior year, I got my hands on a 16-millimeter copy of Night of the Living Dead and used, oh, it for my, used it for my thesis, and I watched it endlessly in my dorm room. And when I wasn't studying it on the weekends, I'd project it uh, in the halls. You know, we'd, we'd watch it and get a couple of kegs of beer <laughs> or, or weed. Well, uh, if you, uh, you, yeah. you, you watch it till the sprocket holes wore out, huh? 
That, that's right. <laughs> finally, finally, I felt sorry. I was graduating. I, I had to return it to the library. That's what was amazing in those days. You go, now you would have the DVDs, but you could go to a lot of libraries and take out film, you know, on reels. Uh, you could take yeah. out 16 or super 8 millimeter film. You could you could use your library card. A lot of these libraries, you could borrow a projector. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, I know. It's amazing, I, I, isn't that, it? I miss that's those funny, days. Edward, because you oh, were yeah. talk, you were asking me about my. Uh, I had to do a thesis on art appreciation. Guess who my thesis was based on for art appreciation? Uh, art appreciation. If you you would have art to be yes. Has to be either Mr. Bean. Or, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Yes, Mr. Bean the movie <laughs> Whistler's I Mom. Rowan Atkinson. Atkinson. My, so my my fine that same semester, my final public speech uh, that I had to give to the big one, it was all about Mr. Bean. <laughs> that my whole semester, my whole sem- sophomore semester for college dealt all around Mr. Bean. Oh, hey, That's and yet I would turn around and. Uh. And in psychology, I did a paper, and I made my four-year-old niece and my six-year-old niece watch The Exorcist beginning, and I wrote a paper on that, too, the same year. But I was going to say I Rowan passed Atkinson all my classes. I was going to say <laughs> Rowan, Atkinson is, Rowan Atkinson is very Chaplin-esque. He's worthy of study. When you said art appreciation, I love though, Rowan Atkinson, man. I yeah, you were yeah, me. I... I, I gave Jackson everybody Parker. in a videotape oh, my public, my final public speaking uh, finale was uh, Rowan Atkinson is more than Mr. Bean, and I made everybody in my class a videotape of everything that I put on the screen, played some clips of my my public speaking teacher, he did not want anything that any of the other classmates was giving him. I passed out my videotapes and I passed them over because he was turning everybody else around saying, no, I don't want that. I passed him over and he goes, can I have my videotape? Yeah, I mean, also the so, yeah, that's... Also the that's huh? he, wasn't just Mr. he wasn't just Mr. Bean. Remember him as the Black Adder? The black, black, yes. In fact, I was gonna put. I'll give you. I'll give you a stab in the dark. I was gonna play that clip, but I was gonna run over time. And I said, uh, I got a black ladder. And everybody's like, No, black ladder! No, <laughs> they were actually complaining. I was like, Wow, I know a lot of Mr. Bean fans, Rowan Atkinson fans here. <laughs> yeah, but it, it. So yeah, that's the kind. Okay, I just thought I put in my two cents. Mr. Bean Rowan Atkinson made me pass my college classes. That's amazing. That's the first time I ever heard anybody go <laughs> after Mr. Bean, man. That's that's a new one. He he did it. He did it. Um, yeah. In fact, I didn't know because I was failing art appreciation. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was looking in my art appreciation book, and I'm like, there really is a Whistler's mom. Oh, I can, Mr. Bean. 
I even gave his, I even did his quote at the end, and I said, Mr. Bean the movie. <laughs> My professor put, LOL, this was brilliant. <laughs> I gave his nice. whole speech at the end of my paper. Nice. Hey, I got a question. Okay, I was totally off subject. You guys, okay, you guys. Continue. I got. I got. I wait a minute. I got to... a question for you. I got. A, I got a question yes. for you. All right. Okay. Uh, if you're into horror films, what type of horror films are you into? I mean, there is some genres. I love the Halloween. Okay. So you like you, you're basically what? like you like somewhat slasher films then. Oh, I like the slasher films. Um, I'm not too keen on the Friday the Thirteenth because. To me, there's just a little bit too much nudity in it, and it's kind of like, okay, there's a woman's boobs. Well, you won't, and, you won't like oh, my film. You won't like my films at all, then. I I've seen some of the photos. I do want to see Starship of Terror. <laughs> you know, there, and I there, read the review, my, and I, I am a, they're I, not I love, getting bad reviews on that. I well, love hammer films. Why, why, why do you think Francie wouldn't like your 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 movies, your pictures? A lot of nudity. And well, also, saying, it was... Francie, my, my new Bigfoot movie, Bigfoot Blood Trap, is like nothing but like Bigfoot raping all these women and then killing them. <laughs> it's just a tremendous oh, my God, nudity. really? Wait, yeah, I oh, yeah. I turned down a film that was... At, they wanted me to direct a film that had to do with that. And With a Bigfoot raping um, women? Yeah. Yeah. Um well, let me tell you why. It wasn't because of that. It wasn't because of that. It was because the story was so weak. Oh, I mean, I mean, I and they wouldn't—they wouldn't change it, it, you know. My, my, uh, what's interesting is my the film producer, and I'm the star of this movie. He followed the rules you gave earlier on. He'd been making a number of his own personal films, like he'd, he'd have a good idea for a horror film, a vampire film, a zombie movie. And, and all of his movies were losing money. And, you know, finally he went to the distributor and he said, look, uh, what do you want? What do you want? What kind of product do you want me to make? Just just look, tell me. What will be profitable? And the, and the distributor said, oh, well, since you're asking me, I'll tell you. Not another fucking zombie movie. There's just too many damn zombie movies. The, the, uh-huh. Walking, Dead owns, the Walking Dead owns zombies. No more. Everybody wants to do it. He goes, you know what I want? I want a Bigfoot movie. But, you know... None of these big movies like they've been making where the Bigfoot's a noble creature in the woods. I want a fish, you son of a bitch, Bigfoot. I want a Bigfoot, like, raping and killing women. women. I, want, I want to get a Bigfoot that, like, you just hate this Bigfoot. You want to kill him. And, and he was like, okay, we'll, we'll make you that movie. <laughs> but he well, yeah, that's what a lot of guys don't seem to understand. Is that yeah. really is that is well, what distributors push? They push that, they push that so strongly that it's almost a it, it's a contractual thing that you have to have a certain amount of nudity in your pictures. You yeah. have to have it, and if you don't, well, they what, really let don't me want to nudity because I know sometimes nudity is involved, but when it's unnecessary nudity, it's kind of like you know. Um. Oh, a yeah, scary I, I movie. Try, I try. You know. Women, we all want to see boobs. Nick. Yeah. 
it's exploitation. Yeah, but, John, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, tits and ass and blood and guts. That's what it's all about. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> that's what it's all about. It's exploitation to the max. You know, you yes. that's and maybe what they that's want. why that's I like Stigmata because it was more of a mental scariness than it was, you know. Like stigmata, I think like it captured like all the things that would make you go, oh. Yeah, you it's guys pretty get what deep. I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, like like my, like the movie Spaceship Terror that I did, um, it was so violent and so bloody that Amazon took it down. All right. Oh wow. It was too. It was too much for them. See, so they took it down. They, they took it down, and um, so many other places, it's ridiculous. I could care less because Amazon has kind of screwed filmmakers here about three months ago. They really did a number yeah, on Amazon, um, Amazon won't touch our Bigfoot movie. Uh, they, they, they said the same reason, too much nudity, too much gore. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. You know, it's just... just they, you they know really, what it is, it's these seals now. They're like, you know, oh, no, boops. It, I haven't touched those yet. Why? Well, the okay, there's, never mind. There's a, there's a trend. Remember, really in the indie market. There's a Hollywood trend now. You probably know this too, because you're in the business. The trend right now is, well, where's the most money? And a lot of adults, a lot of like older people, they they have their home entertainment units. They're watching what they want, old classics. They're watching them on their big ten foot TV screens in their living room, their plasma screens. I mean, uh, movie theaters. The the once upon a time they used to have to offer stuff you wouldn't see on television. You used to have to have hard stuff. But now Oh, you guys are hearing a big big plane coming over us. We're we're near the McCool can you hear it? The McCullough Air Force Base is close to us and I'm outside and those are the fire planes that are dropping the fire target. So if you heard a big roaring that was one of the planes. Sorry. Yeah. The new pictures but, from Hollywood are geared, they are aimed at a 12 to 14 year old age bracket. These are the, this right. is the majority of the public that goes to movies. And they, also, though that's the segment of the population, too, that when they do go, they will buy a lot of concessions. And the theaters want to sell concessions. Well, that's uh, how they cover their nut, you know. Yes. You know, oh, yeah. Art, that's, they, that's where the money's made. I mean, in the box office. For a brand new movie, Fox Office makes no money off brand new movies. It all goes back to the movies. But on the high end of what we make, they're really just selling popcorn. They're not making artistic statements. Right. Right. That's how they make their money. You know. Yeah, uh, there's there's no money made. If a movie's out for four weeks, they might, the box office might make a quarter off of every movie sale. After every movie ticket, but that's after like four weeks. Other than that, it all goes to the movie companies. Only thing, the concession, only thing movie theaters have to survive on is the concession sales. Because other than that, everything else goes right back to the uh, the movie companies. They don't right. they don't get anything. That's why Pretty when uh, my they, they get a, they get a friends and they families don't. they wanted to do a birthday party. Okay, yeah, I'll give you all free admission to, like, Madeline. 
I'll give you guys all free emissions, but you better buy concession because that's where my ticket and Madeline's not going to sell out. You know, right. I'll give you guys twelve seats, but you better buy some popcorn in the concession well, yeah. stand. Yeah, why do you think popcorn's five to seven dollars? You know, and getting a pop is you know the same. You know, it's it's it's, it's wild, well, but, it's, but that's how they make costs, their money. It actually costs almost a 50 nothing. It's almost bag costs three dollars. Yeah. Did you guys yeah. know that? What? Fifty pound bag of popcorn seeds, little, those little tiny kernels. Yeah. A fifty pound bag of them is like three dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. It. I, I, I know. I believe that. The inside, you yeah, know, I believe that. Because I had to sure. order them. <laughs> I, oh yeah, that's right. I believe that. You know. But what was the average <laughs> when you were man? When when you when you were managing, how much was a uh, a, a medium popcorn going for? Do you remember? It was four dollars and twenty five cents. Right. That was... And you can get the large for six dollars and twenty five cents and you get free refills on it. Well of course we're gonna offer you free refills. You just bought two bags of popcorn. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just yeah. bought two yeah. fifty pounds. But you only had to get a large in order to get a free refill and who's gonna eat a large popcorn and ours were large. So Go large, get a free, get a free refill. So, did you only play mainstream movies there? Yeah. What was that? Yeah, in fact, uh, we had a Star Wars Episode One when it when it was released, and in fact, it came in. We were expecting it at midnight the night before, yeah. and we were all going to watch it. You know, put we had to put four of them together, and we uh-huh. were going to all watch. It didn't, no, it never showed up. It showed up at 6 a.m. I got a phone call from the delivery guy telling me that I got a movie delivery, and I was like, okay, well, that's Star Wars Episode One. No, they put, right. like, this weird title on it. And I'm like, no, I'm expecting Star Wars, what is this? And they're like, we were told to give these to you. And they're, like, giving me all these, can't, we weren't even allowed to watch it. We don't even know if we oh, this wow. slice movie. We had to build them so quick and so fast. Did you guys fast. put them on the platters? Did you guys put your reels on platters? Yeah. That, that one you were at? Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Jeez. The first, the first projectors I worked with, though, was reel-to-reel, where you had to actually rewind the movie. Right. I'm going to give you my age. I had to rewind Ghost Dad. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if anybody will get that. I don't know if anybody else, will, very many people will get that, but yeah. I've you know. been a pudding pup. <laughs> yeah. It was when you Bill know. Cosby was still cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. You working with multiple projectors? Yes, like yes. I'm telling you, man, I, I did it all. You yeah, had to, you waiting, whenever you booked a movie, you had to put your leg on something metal because you had to sit there and look for the splice and everything, and if you were not touching something metal, which they didn't tell me the first time I tore down a movie or built a movie, I'm just putting my hand on that film, and I'm like, okay, splice, boom, cut, get. Man, I touched the doorknob. I had the shock of my life. (laughs) (laughs) See, you guys know what I'm talking about. I got shot so bad, I I fell backwards. I was like, what did you guys do to me? 
You like, know? oh, yeah, you're supposed to lift up your uh, pants leg and just touch the knee on something metal while you're breaking down or building a movie. I'm like, well, thanks were for the ser- information. Were you searching for the cigarette burn to, like, switch reels? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. really. Yeah. 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 Yeah, up on the top right corner of the little round circle. Or the top left. That little round circle, you gotta wait for it. There's one and then there's two. And that's when you gotta hit the pedal and hit the start button. And sometimes you gotta hope that light lights up and then if it doesn't it goes And we had one the official name for those circles is actually called the cigarette burn because in the old days, in like the silent movie days, the projectionist would just take his cigarette and burn a hole right in the film. And when he knew when he saw that hole, it was time to change reels. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about the cigarette. I didn't know about the cigarette thing. No, I didn't know that. No, it's something new. Oh, you gotta, you got to watch those old movies, you old, you old. No, I know about the circle, but I didn't know. I didn't know they called it cigarette burn. Yeah, it's cigarette burn. I didn't know that. was. I didn't know that was the term. That's funny. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. I just told it was the sink. I was just told it was the change sink mark. That's Uh, all they ever told me. Back in the olden days, hey, has it? Okay, has any of you guys ever done the projector where you got to manually start? You go one. No. You I was never a projectionist. I was never. Two. I was never a projectionist. Oh man, you got to be a projectionist. That yeah, wasn't is, there a projectionist union? Like, no, I was never union. I, I think some theaters require, but I don't think. I think that's a Jerry Seinfeld joke. And everybody no, thinks that my, if you're my uncle was in the my uncle was in the movies. projectionist union, man. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. I don't think there is one because I've been a projectionist at several movie theaters and I've never had to join a union. Well, maybe that was back um, in the '40s because my uncle was a had to join the projectionist union to work down in Long Beach at the theaters down there in Long Beach, California. So he had to become a projectionist, oh, well, projectionist union. So maybe that was just the, the 40s, was, you know? It had to be the old days. I, so I worked at the projectionist. Yeah. Carolina, and, you know, we don't have the same rules as California. In no. fact, I look at California, and I just roll my eyes like, really? <laughs> you you can't let water run down the street? <laughs> so I, I worked, I worked at this for uh, seven years. Uh, I, I was, they didn't require me to join the union. And see, I worked nice. at the actual theater. I know nothing about that stuff. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing about yeah, the projectionist thing. I worked with a platter system. I used to have to dismantle the 35 millimeter re, uh, uh, reels and slice them all together on a one giant sideways platter. So. It, well, when did they, when did they start uh, doing that anyway? Oh. Oh, guess what? We had to move Edward, and you you'll get a kick out of this. Titanic. How long was that? Three and a half hours. Yes, yeah. I had to move Titanic from projector number 10 to projector number 3 all the way down. It took three of us. Three and a half hours movie. It latched onto these little clamps. And we had to move that movie 
all the way to the other side of the projection room. You feel my pain? <laughs> Actually, I you know those that, little. That must have been a nightmare. <laughs> that was a nightmare. Yeah, I... And here's something funny. Uh, one of my projectionists. <laughs> It was uh, the uh, Jurassic Park two. He he thought he'd carry it by himself. Long movie, two hours. You know, there's a lot of film in that. And he thought he'd carry it over his head, being a macho man. He didn't clamp his bars good enough. He was actually mummified in film. It all just <laughs> unraveled on top of him. Oh my he God. came to me, and he had to break down the film. And I was like, good luck, Fiesha. <laughs> Next oh time, ask for help. Well, did that delay the showing? Uh, no, no. Thankfully, we were losing that copy, and he was taking it to projector number six to break it down. And he carried it over his head because he was going to get it shipped out in those little tin cans and those reels. Right. And he was carrying it over his head, and the little bars broke apart, and it just mummified him. And he came into the office where I was sitting, and he was like, help. I was like, I got nothing for you, man. (laughs) You did that that on your own. Before we run out of time, I want to hear about your super violent, sexy science fiction horror movie. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, because she's already telling us we got time very limited. Um, well, Spaceship Terror, that's uh, that's pretty, pretty, pretty bad, man. Um. We actually, we actually built but the spaceship. But it's got great took, reviews. I read a very good review on it. They like the gore, and they yeah, like it, the slasher in it. Yeah, it was. It's got it's, it's. It's like all these films, you know. They you follow a. It's more more of a formula, I think, than anything else. But uh, I don't like to do that if I can keep from it. I like to make them a little more interesting if I can. You know, but they, they say you got to have a murder or a kill. Every so many minutes, you've got to have something happen to make uh, what they call movie moments. How many movie moments can you have in, in the picture? How many do they want in the picture? Um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, the girls have to be uh, unclothed as much as possible. Um, so what I did was I turned, what I said, okay, I'll just turn the heat up in the ship. The guy turns the heat up to 125 degrees, and they take their basically stripped down to their undies because it's so hot. So that was my way of getting them that way. So, you know, you have to bring, you have to bring story into this and try to make it work. You know? Um, yeah. I, I had some really good people for that picture. They were fan, fabulous people. They were easy to work with. And uh, of course like, you that, have to have, like they call what? them the big pig farmer killer, right? Or, you know, you have to have somebody big and scary to be the killer. Yeah. You know? So I found this guy, uh, which was fantastic. You know, he's Jay Wesley Cochran. He basically does a lot of stage work. He does a lot of movies too. And uh, he played that, that role. And it's funny because it's true. You know, the guys that all play these big, terrible killers turn out to be the biggest teddy bears in the world, you know? Oh, and yeah. he was like, you know, he just, 
met the business is Sid Haig. He's just such a nice, friendly guy. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's it's hilarious. And then when you see him in the picture, you know, you think just the opposite of him. You know. So, yeah, it'd be it's they're they're great films. I like them for what you could do. It took us a year to build a spaceship because what we did was we uh, got wow. a what we did was we we got a. Uh, a, a, a warehouse and we rented it for basically for two years. So I knew it was going to take two years to make this picture. And we built wow. the spaceship all the way through this entire thing, you know, and I wanted to make it look old and derelict. And a lot of people think we actually shot it on a ship or something. And it's not, you know, of course you can see that in the, in the DVD cause it's got all the behind the scenes stuff of us building all this stuff, you know, and, uh, because I wanted it to have a real feel to it that, uh, you know, that it was a real ship, you know, in outer space. And so we brought the, when we uh, brought the girls in after it was done, they were like all, you know, it's, they were dumbified because they, they were, couldn't believe they were going to get to do this because most pictures, you know, are made like most independent films are made, you know, with a lot of blue screen and, a, and a, well, uh, you know, a lot of, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, no, uh, the the we built it all out of wood. Actually, the whole thing was wood and and a lot of wild walls so you can move them out of the way, you know. And uh, we spent a lot of time on this thing, building this thing. So we used it for two movies. Okay, one was um, Quadrant Forty Two, and the other one was uh, Spaceship Terror. And you have to do that in order to justify the cost for these things, you know, because they're expensive to build. I mean, a year, you know, and the building process and the, the cost of just building it was ridiculous, you know. So we tried to split it up into two movies, you know, and then you redress the entire picture. So, I mean, the entire set. So for one film, it was all, the entire film was, you know, inside was gray, right? And then, and we called it the Lola. And then for the other picture, yeah. which was Spaceship Terror, it was totally all dark and dirty and green and ugly looking inside and rusty, you know, and sweaty looking because, you know, and we shot it. Now you got to understand we shot this thing in a warehouse that had no heat and this was the middle of winter. And we're talking about in Washington state and it was, you know, 30 degrees outside and we had to make it look like these girls were hot. So that my wife would go in with, with, uh, with uh, gelatin spray and water and spray these girls down to make it look like they were sweating we turn on a, wow. a, a uh, this external heater for about 30 minutes before we shot, turn it off, and so they wouldn't have steam coming out of their mouth from the coldness. And then we would cover the place in, with, with uh, smoke to make it look like it was so hot. And there's like a, like it looked like a swamp in this place. So if you get to watch the po- movie, you know, you might get a kick out of watching it. You wouldn't even know that it was so cold, you know. And that these girls went through wow. hell because they were hardly dressed. And they were kudos cold to the actresses. Who oh yeah, like... they did a great job. They did a great job. You know, we had a great wow. crew and a great bunch of people. So you know, it was really a great experience. Uh, I had um, uh, my my uh, effects supervisor was um, Doug Hudson, and he's done a lot of stuff. He did Jurassic Park, the first one, and he, he made like all the stuff for like. Uh, uh, Oh, you know, uh, uh, Austin Powers. He worked on Austin Powers. He made the little oh, electric nice. cat that's, that's the bald cat. You know, he did I all, love you know, Austin Powers. 
Right. And he did all and he did all the uh, Jim Carrey movies, Cat and Hat, and all that stuff. And so he came on board and he did our did our effects. Now you got to understand that in an independent film, you don't have the money that you do in a you know big budget movie. You know this movie is probably about what they use they spent to have lunch on a regular big movie. You know what I mean? So yeah, you, know, you make make this picture for under you know basically under two hundred thousand dollars, and you know you don't get all the fancy stuff that you do. So we had to do a lot of practical effects. And a lot of people think we did a lot of digital effects, which we did. I will not, I won't lie about that, but we did not do any blood, blood effects. So, I mean, we, oh, okay. my, my wife, we, my wife would mix the blood every day and we had a, what we called a, a blood wrangler. And the blood is made out of carol syrup, uh, ketchup with a little bit of chocolate syrup in it. And dye, red dye, to give it that gooey feeling and the, that blood, depending on so which middle blood or actors, outer blood. Not, not going to taste that bad. Right. Well, that was the whole idea of it, man, because there's blood everywhere, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're diabetic. You're the, the actor's diabetic. You're going to put your actor in the hospital. <laughs> you know Thank what? God Gordon Ramsay should do a master chef on how to make the best recipes the Master Chef recipes for horror movies. Yeah, exactly. I know, really, right? Right. But yeah, you know, and, and the stuff stinks too, man. Once you build, once you put it together, if you don't use it that first day, the following day it ferments, and it uh, smells yeah, like ketchup, death. Ketchup, ketchup. Anyways. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, and and the people used to fight over who was going to be the blood, blood wrangler because they would have to cover themselves in plastic. So, oh, wow. you, know, and, and, you know, and it would get all over the place. They'd have to clean it up in between shots. I go, no, I got to shoot that again. So then they'd have to clean the entire area up, you know, wow. and we would have to shoot that again. So, you know, it was quite a, it was quite of an experience. And I like shooting all my films. I like studio shooting. So my last two pictures have both been inside. So because you can control the lighting. You know, uh, Blood Demon Rising was also done that way. You know, and that was a that was a Halloween yeah. film, and uh, that was that went over really well. That's in thirty five countries right now. So yeah, I was going gonna, all over the I've place. actually heard of Blood Deep Rising when I I talked to you. I've I've seen it on Facebook. I've seen it on YouTube. It is oh, getting it quite uh, attention. Yeah, it's not getting as much attention over here in the states as it is overseas. But yeah, I'd have to say, what you know, most of our most of the money we make is about sixty five percent overseas. Sometimes even as high as seventy five percent. Japan's a huge yeah, market. Just... They love Spaceship Terror. Spaceship Terror went over like gangbusters in, in Japan. So, and I think it's I, now... I don't know why. I don't know why. The only thing I can think of is because we had. You know the women; in, they they like the women in peril thing over there a lot. And we had a we had two girls that were uh, Asian, and and it also. So I'm kind of I don't know whether that was the whole reason. I don't think I'll ever understand why they like that movie so much. But it just went over like freaking gangbusters over there. Um, hey, you know what? We're doing good over there in Asia too. And I scratch my head and I'm saying, what are you guys listening to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, well, I think that they like American. I think they like America. 
Yeah, they like, like Hello Kitty. Everybody likes. I don't know. Parody. I'm, and I Everybody. hope that I'm not going to get a whole bunch of people that well, are going to. But we're we're getting like we got uh, United States, of course, is number one, and uh, Korea and China are number two. South Korea and China really? are number Fran- two. Francie, and Francie, I've been. Francie, I've been around the world, and one thing I've learned is that everybody digs America. They like America, and that they say they don't, they're lying. They're just envious. And I went over to Germany in 2011, and, uh, you know, I I wore a T-shirt which said New York City on it, and and suddenly these Germans, young Germans are all over me, offering to buy me beers. I said, yeah, I'm from New York. They wanted And I also would wear my my Ramones (laughs) shirt. They wanted to hear about CBGB and the you know the, the punk rock scene and how cool America is. Everybody loves America, wants to be an American, and then when they can't, then they envy us and hate us. But they 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 wish they could be us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when I, I started I looking that. at the map because I started strolling down and I'm like, oh, there's a map of our genealogy of uh, not genealogy but of our listeners. It's America, of course, is number one. We're always at 64%. Number two is either Korea or Japan or China. And if they're not, then they are in the top. And then we got Australia. And then we got Brazil and, you know, all of them. And I'm just like, what? How many many listeners do you have in Antarctica? (laughs) <laughs> I've really? got That's to a good look question, at that one. Man. I have not. Where is Antarctica on the map? The South Pole, baby. The South Pole. And Nick just said, "Are you kidding me?" Oh, yeah. Edward just said, "I'm gonna look for that one." How many peng? How many uh, penguins you got? How many penguins you got listening to this yeah, show? A lot of the countries were like tied. We're like 1.3 percent, which means we're getting listeners in that country. But a lot of the countries, but those are our top percentages, and it's kind of like. The last time I was in Europe, which was Germany, would also surprise me was. I'm in the hotel there, and I'm watching German TV. Most of their TV is American product dubbed into German. Very little actual German product on, t- on German TV. And it totally blew my mind. I, I, still, I still do not understand this. They had the Jersey Shore, the TV show, the Jersey Shore, with dubbed into German. I was like, why do they even want to watch this? I don't know why Americans want to watch this. Okay, yeah, I was I was going to say, um, because we do have German listeners, um, if you're listening tonight or else if you're going to listen within the next seven days, that's not America. <laughs> we do no, not act sure. that way. Would you agree, Harry? I pretty much. Um but it's got its moments, so uh, I enjoy it. <laughs> you know, that's my. Oh feeling, no! Are you watching the reunion show? No. Oh. I'm not. Okay. No, good. I'm not. I'm not. No, no. Yeah, no. I tried to watch Jersey Shore because it was a popular thing to do, and I just got through two episodes, and I said, I think I just smoked crack. 
<laughs> I don't want to watch this anymore. Well, you know, Germany's kind of a Why wild place. Why would I like, watch the show anymore? Yeah, well, Germany's kind of a wild place, anyways. One of my daughters is lives over there with with her husband, uh, who has a, runs a company over there, and she can't watch any of my movies you over love there. Germany. She can watch. She can't watch Spaceship Terror over there for nothing because they're there's they're just yeah it's it's too violent. They don't they'll you know they wanted us to cut it up and I said no forget it. Whereas um, Blood Demon Rising I think they can see over there, but uh, I'm not too sure about that. I'd have to ask my distributor that one. But yeah, it's it's, it's, it's to... a different it's a different land, man. It's a different a whole different uh, way of doing things over there. Yeah, you Isn't can show it? the blood, but you can show the blood, but you can't show the action. So in other words, you'd have to show the guy with a knife, right? Then maybe a shadow or something of the hack, and then you go back to the guy after he had his head cut off, and then you can show that. But you can't actually show the actual act of of how they got that way. And I was going, what? <laughs> what? Uh, you know what reminds up. me of that was Halloween H2O when the girl went up in the dishwasher thing and yeah. you know that Michael Myers was pushing her up and then uh, she came back down and her head was there and it's like, hello, Michael Myers, um, you usually show the head being slashed off. Why are you right. just sending the head back down? Right, right. You know, so it's you know, so you have to come to a decision on a lot of these movies. You know, what am I going to show here? Because who am I going? Who are they going to? You know, who are they going to distribute it to? The target who's audience. My audience. It goes back to oh, who's my audience, like what we were talking about earlier. Maybe that. See, you guys just opened my mind on that because when I watched it for the first time, I was like, "Wait a minute, Michael Myers! You would have seen her like." Pull that body up, slash her with the the sword, and then you send her, not sword. What is that knife called? called? Yeah. A big he, knife. You, he, he, <laughs> I think you use a butcher knife. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm still unexplainable about that. And I, I was sitting there, and I was racking my brain. I was like, no, that's not how Michael Myers works. Do you guys know what scene I'm talking about? Josh Groden, he not Josh Groden, Josh. Oh, what's that other Josh name? Josh Groden, yeah. I <laughs> love Josh Groden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking care of business. That was a great movie with him. That Robert. In my new movie, I killed with a Texas Bowie knife. Oh, really? Yeah. I played Texas. Do, uh, do, do, do they run a blood tube up your arm or? Uh, you know, how, yeah, we did how'd they do the yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. We did some of that for some of the throat slashings, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting I had to do we had to do one in, in, in Spaceship Terror and uh we kept having problems with the throat slash. So, you know, usually I, I like to show how a person gets it. You know, I mean that's the whole thing to me. I like to show it all, man. I wanna show it and uh you know, more blood the better. But you know, and uh, on that one scene, it, we couldn't get the effect to work right because Doug Hudson wasn't there that night. And 
we had to we had to use his uh, second to do it, and he just couldn't get it to the slit of the throat to open correctly. You know, so the blood would come out. You know what I'm talking about? So when the slit, when the it, when it, the it, comes no, across the throat. Not- that's a tough effect, and it's tough it working is. with kinetic makeup. It, that's kinetic makeup, and it's always unpredictable. It takes yeah. a lot of finesse. A lot, a lot of finesse, man. And the bag of blood had to be able to flow, and, and the whole bit. So that was the only shot I had to do where I had to cut away as the throat gets cut. And you know, so it's always bugged me. But what else could I do at that point? You know. Uh, we were running out of time, and you know everything's done on money, so you can only have so many hours to shoot this stuff. You know, to try to keep it. Nothing like cutting though, if you do it right. So yeah, you know, it's, if it's done right, it's beautiful. You know, and uh, fortunately, that was the one shot I couldn't do that on. So I had to cut away real fast, and then come back right after he slit her throat. And I said, okay, let's do something even gross then. So we went ahead and did some other gross stuff with her. Since she had her neck cut already, you know, I went ahead and had her. You know, uh, she cuts the cuts the girl's cut, he cuts the girl's neck and then drains the blood all over the girl below her, below her. You know, so it, we had to do something. So I had because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do the the whole the thing that I wanted to do. So I had to do it another way, make it gross another way. So it's funny that my wife will sit there and tell me terrible things to do. You know, <laughs> she'll sit there and say, "No, man, you got to have them." you know, bite this or bite that, you know, and or, or or stuff coming out of the nose and all this terrible stuff. But yet this woman will not watch one of these movies. But yet she sits over in the corner, screams at me, have her do this, have her do that, do this. I mean, it's just really, it's, it's, it's demented and it works, you know. So I always found that rather funny, you know. But you know that's that's how you do these films, man. It's a lot of this stuff is spur of the moment stuff. If something doesn't work, you got to think fast, and you got to you know improvise. And it's great having people around that can throw out some really gross stuff to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's interesting is that we 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 encountered a problem with our Bigfoot movie with distributors because uh, when we had some like a, like some throat tearing scenes with the Bigfoot, and we had. Blood splashing onto the breasts of the women who were being killed. They said, oh, that, that's a no-no because to have blood splash onto a woman's topless chest is just too indicative of a cum shot. Well, and yeah, it is. It really is. And they yeah. wanted they want us, want us to cut it. Uh, yeah. No, they did. I'm surprised, man. Uh, mine just went nuts for it. You know, especially some of the other stuff that we do in that film is kind of now, now, turns a lot of people. It's available on Amazon. How do we see it now? Well, you can see it. I think it's on iTunes. It's on uh, uh, I, uh, what is it? Uh, YouTube Movie, whatever they call it. Uh, it's on. It's on. Uh, it's on STL Entertainment's site. It's on um, Killer Movie Channel. Uh, which ah. is just every a killer movie channel. If you don't have that, I should, you should get it. It's free. And uh, they do play some commercials, but they don't like bombard you with them. Um, what else? Uh, it's, our, it's everywhere. You can buy it everywhere. It's in, it's in all the big chain stores. It's all over the place. Uh, Target, you know, Best Buy, all of them. And, um, but Amazon just took it off. They said, no, this is too, this is too violent. It's got to go. 
So they they took it off. It's pretty violent, I will admit. But you go, it's it's a it's a slasher film for crying out loud. Come on, you know. But it's okay. I'm okay with it because of what Amazon has done. I've been asking my distributors to take the other pictures down off of Amazon. Not you know, because idea. because of what they're doing now is uh, to uh, independent people, independent producers is pretty bad. You know, so you know we'll have to wait and see what happens. Hopefully, they'll change their way. But eh, you know, if they don't, they don't. There's a lot of other fish in the sea. You know, to go show your. For all you out. know, they, for all you know, they could be getting paid off by the studios to have these standards. Because uh, oh, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Because, when, when, I got, when I got into this business, I didn't get into it until I was already middle-aged. I, I mean, I studied the stuff in school, but then I succumbed to pressures in my first marriage. I got into it late. But uh, John Waters, the great John Waters of Pink Flamingos, I mean, he advised me. He said, the, the only way you have any chance of making it your age and with, with no family, with money or connections, he said, you you got to make the kind of movies that Hollywood would never make. you got to do stuff that they would never do. He said, like me, I had a fat guy at drag eating dog shit off the sidewalk. He said, no, you can't do that because I did it. But he said, you find your own way of having the fat guy at drag eat dog shit off the sidewalk. And you might make it as an indie. So if Amazon is doing this, it might be a conspiracy to crush the indie cinema because then just watch a Hollywood movie. Oh, of course it is. See what it is. Yeah, I, I, I've been in some meetings. That they'll come around and tell you that. My, that's the whole uh, reason why. That's why they're buying up uh, the theaters and they're trying to buy as many screens up as they can, and they'll put out pieces of shit movie just to hold the screen to keep an indie from coming out on a screen. The, I have had the, the, some the, big fights and problems with these people. The new movie yeah. I'm shooting, I'm a co-producer of, and I'm the star of, The Killer Clown Meets the Candy Man, which is sensationally violent and lurid and graphic and sadistic. The director-producer, uh, what he did, he, he gave up on trying to deal with the distributors and having them cut his movies and retitle them and change them and repackage them. He, he's, he's actually turning a healthy profit. And what he does is he developed his own website and got his target audience, found a target audience that are into the movies of his particular style, which are sensationally violent and sadistic. And, and, uh, and a lot of them based on actual true crime stories. And he has his target audience, and he said, and they, 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 they are my fans, and they will pay to download my new movies. He said, and, I, and I'm turning a profit every time now. He said, I decided to just do it myself. So I, so I have like a menu. You go to my website, and they understand what my product is, and I've got a menu with brief descriptions of these movies. And he said, and, and I'm doing very well. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's you know you could get that with Chroma or Blue Moon. There's a bunch of them out there that have their own. Yeah, you know, they have yeah, their yeah. own audience. Yeah. Lord Kaufman probably wrote the formula. He probably designed the formula for this kind of new filmmaking and film distribution. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. You know, and he's holding his own, um, having a hard time at it, but yeah, he's still, he's still going. He's, you know, they're not, I don't think they're making what they used to make, but you know, he's, he's got a lot of movies, man. I mean, this guy is loaded with, with films. He's got such a catalog. It's ridiculous. You know, plus he'll even come out being, uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah. 
Lloyd, Lloyd Legend. Kaufman. Right. Yes, he that is. In fact, is... I even put it in my in my book I got coming out here on distribution. Um, I have a I have put a big thing in about him. In fact, because I, I talked to him, I call him on the phone and talk to him once in a while, and I told him I was going to put a piece in my next book about him, and he said. Uh, you are? I go, yeah. He says, you're going to have to send it to me first so I can read it. <laughs> so I had to send it to him so he can read it and get the okay. And I got the okay, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, Lloyd Kaufman, when it, comes, when it comes, he's been on our show, what, Edward, three times? Yeah, but he's always very supportive of, of any. Oh, big time. Film, especially young filmmakers trying to make yeah. it. He knows how hard it is. He's a really good guy. He had a great sense of humor. He's fun to be around. I've actually worked with him as an actor on about six movies. <laughs> and, um, and actually, there there was actually crazy. one time, and i got to tell you guys this, there was one time he was flying to Italy, and I called him right when he was through the security gates, and he's like, Francie, can I call you back? I'm at the security gates at the airport, and they're taking my shoes off right now. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? Yeah. Only yeah. Lloyd Kaufman would give you that kind of like pickup. <laughs> right. Yeah, give you the picture. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he, a really nice, he he's is a really an nice amazing guy. guy, amazing filmmaker, and the the one thing that I can definitely say about Lloyd Kaufman is that he cares about his fans. Would you yeah. all agree? Oh, yeah. He would rather show his movies free on Facebook than charge you to watch his movies. Well, you know, that's funny because he did have a lot of them on, on uh, was it YouTube for a while? You could just watch for nothing? Yeah, you, you, you just, yeah. YouTube, you just, and he's like, yeah, what? And he even said that on my show. He's like, hey, if you go to YouTube and you can watch my movies for free, I don't care about the money. Yeah, well, you know. So are you friends with Stephen Horror? No. Oh, you got to be friends with Stephen Horror. He was the first, uh, he was the first Lloyd Kaufman man. Really? Yeah, he's an actor in Australia. He is such a nice guy, Stephen Horror. I keep trying to tell him, hello, we were friends on MySpace before Facebook even existed. Right. And I've been Mm -hmm. trying to get him on my show, and maybe he should say, were we too bad for you, um, Harry? What? Were we bad hosts? Well, heck no. You guys Maybe you should tell Stephen. You should go on the show. No, uh, Stephen Hart was the first trauma guy. That's hilarious. I I just put it down on my notes. Yeah, in fact, he was the one who got us. uh, He's the one who got us all of them. And I was like, wait, what? Well, and he gave me his email he address, show? and he was like, hey, get him on your show. And now he's, like, t- taking my phone calls as he's going through the airport. Hey, I'm flying to Italy. Um, I'm in the airport line. Can I call you when I'm in Italy? <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. 
trauma pictures, Funny, man. man. They they're That's they're funny. great. Well, yeah, you know, they're just people, you know. And and yeah, and if base. you if you talk to him, he is just a person. Yeah, they're just people. They're and only, they're only to me, you base, see all it, the things you know? that he's done, and I'm just a, you know, a little college dropout from South Carolina, and here I am. I get to talk to Lloyd Kaufman with trauma pictures, and hey, yeah. you want to do my show? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm so yeah. starstruck every time. And it's just like with Edward X. Young. It's just like with everybody. You know? Yeah, you know. I, I've never really South come Carolina. across. I've, I've never really come across that many people really have a big head on their shoulders. In fact, the bigger they are, usually the nicer they are, and the smaller you are, the, the, they got problems. So, you know, there's. Yeah. I've always found that, that the smaller they are, <laughs> the more they got up head up there, you know what, and the bigger they are, the less. They're just people, yeah. man, you know? Yeah. You know. And it's, you've it's done funny. a lot in your career. You've, you've worked your ass off. And for me, somebody, and Edward, he's done a lot, so Edward is like, well, I'm sure Edward is very struck by you also, but to me, like, I'm just a small-town girl. I dropped out of college. I'm well, I'm really shocked. Well, well now you're a San Franciscan, so I mean now you're like you know, oh, you're like right. you're like a hippie chick now. You're like part of the Manson family. <laughs> oh no, really, I'm man. in uh, I'm 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 actually in um not in San Francisco. I am in um Sacramento Oh yeah, I used to, I used to I live there. You, there is a lot more hillbillies here in Sacramento than there is in South Carolina. Yeah, I, 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 I my I, first I, I was kind of broad. You ever heard of Roswell? You ever heard of Roseville? No. That, that, Roseville. Was, was, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, Sacramento. my gosh. Roseville, Sacramento. It, Oh my yeah. gosh! If you get directions to go anywhere in Roseville, you got to go through like twenty streets because every block, the street that you're still going down, is still uh-huh. it's a different name. And it's like, wait, I got to turn right on what? I got to do what on what? Well, yeah. As soon as the, I always the, get lost. I don't understand that either. Yeah, I don't understand that yeah, either. Yeah, it's like you're start- driving down. Foothills Boulevard, and then all suddenly it's Roseville Boulevard, and then it's like Java Street, Roseville, and you're like, where am I? And your little map, oh, yeah, I couldn't see. Yeah, it's it's really (laughs) different. You should know where Half Moon Bay is then. That's why the United States. Oh, I've never been to the Bay. I would hate to see me at the bay. I would probably be saying, I'm lost. Because you're, I mean, Two Notch Road, it goes all the way through South Carolina. If you're traveling down Two Notch Road, you're going down Two Notch Road. And you're going to travel it all the way down South Carolina from the beginning of the state to the end of the state. Here in California, 
There's got to be a joke in there somewhere. No, there's no joke. It's it's whenever I get lost and I call Nick and I'm like, my phone is telling me to do all these weird turns. I don't know where I am. And he's like, just find Watt Avenue. I don't know where Watt Avenue is. Can you help me? Well, what street are you on? El Camino? Yeah. I don't yeah. know where that is. I'm lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whenever I turn out, I, I'm side. calling Nick, and I'm like, I'm lost. You just should always do what your phone tells you, what your GPS tells you to do. That's all you have to do. Yeah, exactly. It tells me wrong because they're so, they're, they're, honestly, Ed, there are like six streets named after the same street here. And you were supposed to take a U-turn at some point. They make U-turns here. South Carolina, that's illegal. Really, it is. <laughs> U-turns are, are illegal in South Carolina? Oh, yeah. You cannot make U-turns in South Carolina. When I see people making U-turns here in California, it's like, what are they doing? And it's like they're making a U-turn. I'm like, what? <laughs> you get a ticket in South Carolina? Oh, it's a culture shock with driving. That's why I failed my driver's test, like, twice. But I passed it the third time. Well, can you drive now? I drive now, and I still get lost. But I only drive two blocks from the house now. Okay. I mean, does it a DVD or is it or is, or is it really exclusively available on the <laughs> No, it, it's a Blu-ray. There's a Blu-ray DVD. Um, that's why you know you can get them at you know, like I said, you can get them at Target, Walmart, all the you know all the big box stores and stuff like that. And you can get it online. You know, Mystery uh, Entertainment. But, yeah, I don't know if you can still buy that off of Amazon or not. I don't know if they stopped selling DVD on Amazon, included or not. Um, but yeah, we get that. Uh, as for uh, Blood Demon Rising, that has not come out on DVD yet. I'm told by the distributor that should be out on DVD because it's been it's the newest release. Uh, within the next four to six months, they told me they're a little bit slow. You know. So, you know, I got I got to wait on that, you know, and uh, a lot of these indie filmmakers are they've even given up on, on this. There's no physical product anymore. They're just relying entirely on downloads. Some of them will make some DVD just to have on the table at the conventions. Yeah, you know, you know, the only people that are really buying DVDs nowadays are collectors, and they both yeah. are, most of them want the. The uh, Blu-rays. 
So yeah, which is okay. And and a lot of people, the only people that I know that buy the DVDs are those that like the bonus featured stuff. You know, because they like a total film experience when they buy a movie. Not only do they want to watch the movie, but they want to get involved in how it was made. You know, and who was in it. So we put a lot of that in. We put a lot of uh, behind the scenes stuff because that's a big thing. Yeah, um, we don't make anything close to what we used to sell in DVDs and Blu-rays. Blu-rays sell more than the DVDs right now in some cases. And then uh, in the other cases, like the big box stores, the, the DVDs sell more than the blu- blu- sell better than the Blu-rays. And when you talk about when they're buying them off of, um, you know, other stores online, they buy the Blu-rays. So you can almost tell which was selling the best just by that factor in you know in so many terms. It's kind of weird, but that's has, the way it is. Has, you know? has, space, has Spaceship Terror been pirated? Oh, God, yes. Every freaking country in the world. And I was really pissed yeah. off because, you know, oh, China's bad. Russia's got my stuff all over the place. Thailand is terrible. And uh, here I am Polish, and the Polans, the Polish people even ripped me off. I'm you know? Polish, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were Polish with Swinsky. My huh? family changed. My father changed the name to Young. It was Lithuanian and Polish, and he Americanized it when I was 11 years old. But, yeah, Young wasn't the real family name. He just wanted to fit into America. You know, they did the wow. same thing, I guess, when – they did the same thing to mine when my when my great 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 grandparents came over on the ship. It was the the, the 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 name was fourteen letters long and they shortened it to eight. So at least they got to keep their same name, but it was just yeah. Americanized, you know. So I always found that rather interesting. But the pirates you know. are hard. One of the movies I made. Um, uh, Dead Collections with John Arecchio, the same director of Bigfoot Blood Trap. He found out some years later there was like a our movie was stolen, and 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 it was a good job. It was dubbed rather beautifully into German, <laughs> and it was and and I mean it was excellent dubbing. And he said, I just discovered that our somebody took our movie, dubbed it into German, and I heard that it was on German TV, and I don't even know who the fuck to sue, <laughs> you know. No, you, you can't. You might as well give it up. Yeah. You, might, That's what you know, you, he, he you have to write it into the budget. You've you got to write it into the budget now. Okay. Well, he said, I guess you have to do this a favor. If the movie was popular, now we, we are known in Germany. We're not a known entity in Germany. Yeah, that's the but, that's the good thing about it. you got to think in those terms. You have to think of that your film's getting out there and people are getting to know you. If you don't, you're going to sit around and cry all day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, so yeah, you have to look at it like that, man. But yeah, but it's a hard yeah, business. I, uh, it's a hard business to make it work. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw the cover for Spaceship Terror out of Russia. I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I should print it up. I guess I should put it out there. But then again, I don't want to push or give these guys any credit, you know. Pirating, you know, the way they pirate stuff and then they make their own covers a lot of them. And the cover the cover for Spaceship Terror was, oh, my God, I couldn't believe what I was saying. 
you know. So I'm waiting for uh, Blood Demon Rising to get stolen here shortly but, now that it's out. They'll change the title, so it might take you a while to discover you've been pirated if they change the it, title. You, you know, over. sometimes that's that's true. So I hear, you know. I've my mine is they might have changed it in other places, but I still be able to find it as you know, or the or yeah, somebody in my fan base will, will let, alert me to most of this stuff. You know, so I mean, I, you know movie America was called Dead Collections and the when they stole it in Germany and redubbed it, they, they, they titled it The Paranormal Investigator Part Nine. <laughs> it was like what? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know that's crack up, isn't it? It really is. You so, got to laugh at this shit, man. You can't cry about it. You know? stuck it is. Series. Like, like he was part of the series, and, and of course it was our own right one movie. It's like that's that's the sad part. Is it's tough to make a living on this. It, it's becoming art for art's sake, which is right. tough. Right. Yeah, like like her. Like Her- Herschel Gordon Lewis, one of our great heroes, I'm sure yours too. I mean, he he made all those early full color gore movies back in the early '60s. But really? he told me he said, we made a lot of mo- we made a lot of money off those movies. You know, they didn't cost us much to make, and we made tons back. He, you know, the, 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 back then, like Romero said, back then, if you oh, finished, yeah. many people didn't finish their movies because they were shot on film. But if you finished it you'd be guaranteed that somebody would distribute it. It would show somewhere, and you were going to make a profit off of it, and the money would come back to you. If it was a low-budget film, you know, Hollywood might fail at some blockbuster. That's a problem, too. You know, the Hollywood movies are, that's why they're not artistic anymore. They're too damn expensive. They can't afford oh, to yeah. take any, they can't take any chances. They're going to get the widest section of the public as possible to see it. And if you don't take chances, it's not art anymore. You know? Yeah, I know. And they just throw so much effects in it, it's ridiculous. I don't mind a Brandy, little effect. Brandy will have to post on her Facebook site some URLs where the audience can see some of your pictures. Yeah. What do you What do you recommend? Well, what, what, I mean, Spaceship Terror was one of those other titles you must want to promote. Oh, well, yeah, I got uh, Saucer going to be being made here pretty soon. I got uh, Quadrant 42, which is still – It's I've been making that film now for, gee, I don't know, what, seven years, you know? And what happens is people – women keep getting pregnant or they move away or things happen, you know, because these movies, you know, to keep your price down, you have to do a lot of weird stuff, you know? I mean, actually, that movie yeah. should have been budgeted for about a million five, and there's no way in hell that was going to happen, Okay. So it's sort of like um, we shot everything and what we needed for one part, and then we came back and shot the next one. Because what it is, it's a 50s sci-fi ripoff movie, all right? It's sort of like, the, it's sort of like watching, uh, yeah, uh, Queen, of, Queen of the Universe. You guys remember that with Jaja ja yes. Gabor? It's yes. sort of like in that vein. You think it's a about, lot more. Queen of Outer Space. Yeah, Queen right. of Outer Space. That's right, yeah. And it's sort of in that vein, but a lot more stylized. I have it's extremely stylized. I went over the top with it, big time with the costumes and the sets and all this stuff. So uh, my funding for the film when we were shooting it ran out. So the guy pulled pulled out. So I had to stop that. And 
yeah, and the lead lady got pregnant. My wife's over here. She's uh, she's leading me into what to say. Um, <laughs> and uh, just stuff like that started happening. So we decided to take the movie, and we're calling it the worst movie ever made because you've got all these different people playing the same part, right? And it's just a chopped up movie. I thought, you know, let's make this into a total comedy about a movie that should never have been made. So what we're doing now is we're hiring uh, actors to play specific parts that are part of the studio. And, uh, and, the, and what happens in the studio, the fighting that goes on about this film and how bad it is. So we've had to intentionally start cutting it to where it's bad to make it fit in. It's, it's kind of – I'm enjoying this in a way. I've had to put it on the side for a while because I had to work on this other – but it's that's why that movie's taking so long. Now Saucer is going to be started here. I don't know. It's just six months or eight months or something, and that's going to take another another year and a half. You know, my movies take a long time to make because I put so much into them. I put a lot into them. I try to make one dollar stretch out to ten. So, you know, it's 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 a hard thing to do, but you can do it, and you can get the production value of a much larger picture, all you have to do is work on it, you know, and it takes a lot of time. You've got to have a lot of, uh, you know, you have to have a lot of people that works with you that understands that. My day job, which I I don't want to give up uh, because uh, like prior to a year ago, I would have traveled out to Phoenix to work with you in one of these pictures, but sure. (laughs) Now I'd I'd have to hope that you, either had a role that I could do in one or two days or, or either you'd be shooting something in the North, in the, North, in the New York Metro area in the Northeast. <laughs> yeah, sure. But uh, I know, uh, I'll tell uh, you what, uh, I like, I, I love the tax incentives of New York and the uh, film commission uh, there is uh, really cool. Our Bigfoot movie was just the same kind of clusterfuck. It was four years in the making and we sure. had actors or actresses who got either quit or got fired I was involved in a serious car accident where I almost got killed. The director said, no, no, you're right. the star of the movie. He put the movie on hold for a year, resumed shooting. Uh, almost everybody in the cast ended up in the hospital. One of our actresses got divorced. She had to drop out. It was just, you know, people got older over four years, heavier or thinner or grayer. And, right. and, and then he, the, the producer, John, almost was going to say, look, in fact, he did suggest that he said, look, this movie's cursed. I was just shelving it. It was a project that was never meant to be. And, and the cast, we got together. We said, look, we put too much into this fucking movie. Four years of our lives. You, gotta, <laughs> you have to slap it together. You got to get this thing finished. Sure. And then we came, yeah, no, we I understand. He, re- he reviewed it. He said there's going to be a lot of gaps, a lot of unevenness. I decided there's one way this could make a profit. We just have to add a lot more naked chicks. <laughs> Great. Exactly. Shoot, yeah. Shoot a, shoot a few more extremely gory scenes and, and get like a, a top notch New York city punk rock band to score it. <laughs> you know, with some really groovy music. <laughs> no, and, that's it. You know, that's really true. It's, yeah. it's a lot of truth to what you just said. We have you a know, great, you, we have a great soundtrack too with the movie though. We've got this band, the accelerators that used to open for the Ramones and they've scored the they've scored the movie, so it's like they, well, we have, we have, and some critics and we haven't got a distributor. Some critics have said, "Hey, you know, uh, the movie has a really fucking great score." <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, whatever it takes, man. You know, 
You know, you gotta put, you gotta put food on the table. I'm sure you're familiar with Al, the late Al Adamson, right? Yeah. I mean, his his movie Dracula versus Frankenstein was an an equal clusterfuck where it took years to finish and, you know, and like so much went wrong. But in the end, he's like, hey, you know, we got. We got Forrest Ackerman as an actor. We have Lon Chaney Jr. and J. Carroll Nash in their final roles. They both died while it was being made. He was like, right. the movie's a mess, but we, we got too much good stuff in it. We got to find some way to put these disparate pieces together so it makes some kind of sense. And it was, you know, it ended up turning the profit. And it's a total mess, but you kind of, you know, you watch it and you watch these kind of indie movies like your stuff, my stuff, and. I, when I watch them, I kind of feel like I'm in on the joke, in on the process that we're privy to, to like, you appreciate the fact that you can tell this was a mess, a film that really wasn't meant to be, but gosh darn it, you finished it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is kind of fun. There's a lot of heartache in there too, but but in most of it, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it. I, I mean, I am I am so bored. I don't know about you. I've gotten so bored and tired of the Hollywood scene, the gigantic bloated budget. I almost never go to see a mainstream movie anymore. It's almost exclusively independent cinema, and not just yeah, horror. I'll watch the other. But in fact, just about the only indie movie I'll endorse right now. I did see last week. I, I really like The Incredibles too. But that's a different kind of movie. That's like right. you know anime. At its highest level. Yeah. But, right. But yeah. Most Hollywood movies, I'm just, I'm just sick of them. It's like, why did they even waste my money on this? And they're so, they're so expensive now. I, I'd, That's ra- I'd really rather, bad. I'd, I'd rather watch some movie that was made in earnest by some young filmmaker from like North Dakota, and he put his heart and soul into it. Maybe he only had five thousand bucks. So let's see what he did with that five thousand bucks. Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it just, but it all depends. And I, that's why I push, I, I really push the killer movie channel so much is because a lot of people just don't have the money. And this, this, this station, or it's, it's on, it's on Roku, you know, one of those, but you can get on there and watch these movies for free. And it's, 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 it's great. Because, you know, I mean, you can also do that with Amazon, but you got to watch a Prime movie, you know, which is kind of cool. Because they have a lot of they have a lot of independent Prime movies on there, too. In fact, I think I think Blood Demon Rising is a Prime movie on on uh, Amazon, in fact. Um, the one I just I just released. Uh, yeah, you know, so, you know, that's something else. So, yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you're talking about, man. Is our host still there? I don't know, man. I think she got cut off. This is rather weird. It's no, like we're I'm like... here. You guys were having such a great conversation. I did not want to interrupt it. We got kind of scared. We thought we were like in limbo, you know, some weird existential like. No, no, it's it's like it's like I told you, Harry, earlier this afternoon. When you and I, we spoke, I was like, you're going to love Edward. Edward <laughs> and you are going to get along very well, and Edward will be the the spokesman. <laughs> and, 
Am I right? I mean, you guys yeah, are yeah, having a yeah. great... <clears throat> yeah, and I was completely right about this one, too. Edward, dude, you were like my rock. And I was sitting here, and I'm listening to you guys, and I'm like, I'm not going to stop this conversation. <laughs> I think you, you owe it to our I think you owe it to 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 your guests here to post links on your Facebook site to some of these pictures that he's yes. been talking about. Yes, in fact, uh, Harry, that is a great. How can people find you? Uh, find me personally, uh, Facebook, uh, or they can go to or they can go to Productions dot com. Are you in the witness protection program? We can't find you. <laughs> You're, no, man. You can find me really easy. All you got to do is type my name, and I'm all over the place. You know, like most of us are in this business. Um, you know, uh, just got to know how to spell it. It's such a strange name, you know. It, it does, is. It's um, it's uh, pronounced. Uh, come on, listen. You can do it. You can do it. Go hold ahead. on. Um. Look at your notes. Skinowski. <laughs> no. No T. Shinowski. No. Shinowski. Shinowski. Shin. 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 Shinsky. That's right. Shinsky. Right. Right. Just remember, you, you broke your shin while you were skiing. Shinsky. You're, yeah. you're, you're going to, yes. And I have right. that little routine. Uh, You ski on your shins. Shinsky. I'm a right. Nick's a Grabowski. That's why he called it. My my original family name was Yauk. J A U S C H. A Prussian name. But wow, my, my man. Father, my father Americanized it because nobody could pronounce it here. Probably was smart. Yeah. You know? I'm trouble. Weatherman. I thought I thought my family was smart, but I found out that we were just a bunch of. Um, Ball cutters on sheets. I thought we predicted the weather. That's funny. And then uh, a customer that I worked at because I had a daytime, you know, I have a daytime job, and he was like, oh, weathermen, do you know what you did as a living, your ancestors? And I was like, we predicted the weather? No, you cut sheets, uh, sheep's balls. I thought thought you were right. That's why it was weatherman. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh boy. <laughs> what? How does that make sense? Weatherman uh, cutting sheep's balls? Well, yeah, you know. I guess it's better than having uh, a name of you know ball cutter. Francie, I always thought you were a left wing political <laughs> terrorist from the seventies. <laughs> I'm left handed, but. I thought you were blowing no! up the university. <laughs> I casted my mom's vote as Reagan because she couldn't get out. <laughs> this I'm, might I'm be bad you. for the uh, Republicans. My mom couldn't get out of the... Um, she voted you, for Reagan. And she couldn't get out. The, the curtain wouldn't open. And I was like, Mom, you got to push this lever. So I voted for Reagan. Well, so did I. I mean, you know. Francie. But I have to Joe. admit, I voted for Trump too. Okay, so.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.